I know how much money you want to put down. He's going higher on the board because Tate's just said he moved him to CB2 now. He's going first. Like, I'm telling you, he's going first. Things I think you're underrated. I still think Farley's going you. first. I just said that Tate just moved up JC Horn from second round to CB2. Good. He's right. Welcome to another episode of Boom or Bust, the draft show. Max Schauke alongside PJ Clark, Tate Sigworth, and Nick Miriam. Continuing our top 10 positional series. Now moving to our top 10 corners in the 2021 NFL Draft. Breaking them down as they stand on our big board 2.0 right now. Of course, be sure to follow our Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at Boom or Bust Draft. or on YouTube. Anywhere you get your podcasts, like and subscribe to the channel. And comment any questions you have for our mailbag and please support us because support for us is brought to you by manscaped and wow. NFL draft season is upon us. It's possible that you might have Trevor Lawrence's haircut in your pants. That's why our partners at manscaped, the <laughs> leaders in below the waist grooming have partnered with us to make sure you don't gamble on shaving your balls the same way you like to gamble on football for all of my draft geeks, we have an exclusive 20% off promo code boom or bust at manscaped.com. Will your favorite team go defensive back in the first round? Not sure, but I am sure that with the lawnmower 3.0, you can get your D back. Um, so go to Look at that. And and that's the read, um, and it's in the cornerback video. I mean, how about that? How is perfect. that timing? They, they, I love Manscaped. First of all, the products are outstanding second of all dominic palombo the guy who sends us these scripts these are outstanding i mean that is just that is is an elite ad read and for context max and i were the only two that knew this was coming and (laughs) those those two heard it for the first time it's like i can't attend again one more time hit it one more time 20 percent off and free shipping with the code boomer bust that's boomer bust no spaces all caps at manscaped.com it's time you turn that team in your pants around with Manscaped. Draft season, folks. Draft it's season, draft baby. Season, so let's get into our top 10 corners. At number 10, Aaron Robinson from UCF, number 87 on the big board. Nick, what do you think about him? So this is a slot guy. Um, I think a lot of people were impressed by him at the Senior Bowl. I wasn't overly impressed with what he did. Um kind of a niche guy in that he played a lot of man out of the slot in college and is more of a physical version of that. He likes to get handsy. He likes to jam guys. He likes to disrupt them. And that's kind of the way he wins as a corner. I don't really know how you're going to take that and then use it in the NFL though, because there's not a lot of teams that use man slot corners a lot, like all the time. And then along with that, use them in ways that they wanted to be physical and not be able to like match and mirror routes. Um, That being said, he is, very good at being a physical corner. Maybe somebody tries to move him to the outside. I think he needs a little more work at the catch point if he wants to be able to do that. But in terms of effectively press coverage out of the slot, this guy, um, I think, is an interesting prospect. A guy who I think you know doesn't have a lot of issues in coverage in his game. It's just it's a it's a niche thing with him as a slot player that I think pushes him into the third round. But somebody who's talented in terms of being a defensive coach can be like a. You know, Brian Flores in Miami will take this guy and figure out a way to plug him into their defense and turn him into a weapon for that defensive backfield. Um, so I was kind of su- surprised to see, especially at uh, he 
weighed in and, and measured. He was two inches shorter at the Senior Bowl than UCF had him listed at, which might explain some of the slot thing. If you're listening to a guy at 6'1", and he's the legitimate NFL cornerback, you would think they're playing outside. Uh, really, is 5'11", so that might explain kind of the, the, the slot thing. But super physical, like, guy, just uh, aggressive knows how to play in the slot well and is is willing to get physical immediately at the point of contact at the line of scrimmage and isn't afraid to to shove guys off the routes he's got good burst towards the ball i think he's athletic enough i was pleasantly surprised i i moved him up after the senior bowl i thought he looked better than i thought he would um but just like nick said i i think it's going to be interesting Kind of a weird college career, only two years at UCF, transferred from Alabama and then had a concussion in 2018 that kind of ruined him that way. But a good last year, a good final year, second team All-American, physical press slot corner. And much like we said in the wide receiver video, there are a lot of slot receivers in this class. The slot corner class is pretty good as well, and he is a reason why. Uh, yeah, physical, physical, physical. That's pretty much a lot of his game. You saw it at the senior boy. You see it on tape. He loves to get physical with the guys he's going up against. He's got good experience in zone, man. He likes to press like Nick was talking about. So in terms of a slot corner, I think he's probably one of the best ones in the class. We'll talk about Elijah Molden in a second. Um, but as for cons, I mean, the competition level, I don't think he faced like a single NFL prospect. Like if you look at his game log, I, I can't think of one off the top of my head of one of those dudes that he faced that went to the NFL. Uh, I mean, I think he's like an average athlete with average speed. He's definitely a slot guy. Maybe you could try him outside, but 5'11", 183, maybe not. Um, but the physicality might make up for that, you know, uh, offset the size, uh, under undersizedness of him. Um, but I mean, I like him. I, I think he's a good slot guy at the NFL. Appreciate his physical characteristics. Yeah, he's the number 15 corner for me, number 118 overall. He, uh, like you guys mentioned, transferred from Alabama after his freshman season. Good size, 5'11, 193. It's not six foot one, but it's still decent size for a corner. Um, fantastic run defender. You guys mentioned he's, I think he's one of the best in this class. He attacks running backs like a safety. He's a good tackler, only missed 10% of his career attempts. Pretty quick. He, he closes on routes really well. Um, but like you guys mentioned, almost exclusively a slot corner this year and last year. Took a pretty decent jump back this year. Uh, he allowed a 101 pass rating when targeted after just 63.8 in 2019. Doesn't have really great instincts in coverage. Better in zone, I think, than man. Played in the American, like Tate said, didn't face many quality receivers. He has the size to play and the physicality to play outside, but he'll likely be a slot-only corner in his career. He's got some coverage concerns after this year. But he's a really good run defender, really good tackler. Um, so, yeah, he's a very physical corner. Number nine now, Afatu Melifon, representing orange, from baby. Syracuse. Go orange. Baby. Go orange. Number 57 on the big board. PJ, what do you think about him? Um, so I'm I'm the high man. I think I'm at CB5. Uh, I think there's, like, legitimate bottom first round hype now after the senior bowl. And, and I, I said this to Max a lot. Um, we have watched every game that he's ever played. Uh, and unfortunately, it never, unfortunately yeah, we watch every game. Unfortunately, we watch every Syracuse football game, but we've watched every game he's ever played and it never struck me. So we want to break out pedigree. There's a lot of pedigree in this video. Uh, Ovi was a second round pick as kind of the same mold of Uber athletic secondary guy. I, before the year, there was a lot of is if he is safety talk. Um, I think he put that to rest period. He was outstanding mm -hmm. this year for a, a, a very good Syracuse secondary somehow, even with the departure of, of Andre Sisco early on. Um, 
It never turned on for me as the NFL prospect until the Clemson game this year. I mean, he was outstanding. Uh, Max, Max and I were there. He was outstanding. I mean, he was getting, he, he high pointed the ball really well. That was when, and he's playing against NFL competition, Trevor throwing, and he was pretty much on Cornell Powell the whole game. Uh, I mean, just long six, three and a crazy athlete at that. I think he's, he's going to be good enough in the run game. He uses his length to get off blocks, but where it's really going to be, he's a zone corner. I don't know if he's athletic enough to just mat man up on NFL receivers, but He's got the size. There is a little bit, the long arms, the length, there's a little bit of press. You know, he should be able to do it, you'd think, at the next level. But he's like, he's going to be a very good zone corner. Somebody's going to bet on the athleticism. I, I think, like, late day one, early day two, if he makes it out of the top 50, I'd be stunned. If he makes it out of the top 40, I'd be, quite frankly, surprised. Uh, yeah, the height train is building. Um, I don't agree with it. I know I'm supposed to be a homer here on the podcast. Uh, go orange. A homer. I mean, he was the best corner at the senior bowl. And like, that is a commonly held opinion. That's not even just us saying that. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's people see the measurables. They see he's six, three, they see the 80 inch wingspan and they just, I think they're falling in love with it. They see, you know, one play where he's playing off ball and he, he breaks on a pass and breaks it up and they just fall in love. I don't. I don't know if it's all the way there uh, with Melifanu. I, I think he's an average pass defender. Um, I just don't know if he's consistent enough. I think sometimes maybe he sags off too far. Gave up a touchdown to Cornell Powell this year because of that. Um, I don't know. I mean, he was definitely good at the Senior Bowl. I definitely understand why people are buying into the hype. I recognize that he very well may go in the first round. I'm just, if, if I'm the GM, I'm not sure I'm doing that right now. I'm going to, unfortunately, have to keep this train going. Uh, he's huge. He is the same size, effectively, just uh, an inch taller and two pounds lighter than Jeremiah Wusakoromoa. So he's just, to be the same size as even a safety linebacker hybrid at corner is uh, ridiculous. Um, and that's what people are looking at. He is a very physical, kind of a low zone and man corner that you're looking for, hopefully develop more into a press guy. But he struggles, I think, against more vertical routes. He struggles changing direction, which I think you see more of when you get these really big guys who are trying to, you know, be able to move smoothly. Um, what he's best at is when he gets his hands on guys and he can be aggressive at the catch point. He makes some great pass breakups when he's got the range and the length to get to balls. But he's ultimately a project as a man quarter to the next level. And I think the the routes in the NFL that are most valuable, those deep routes, those more intricate, you know, those things that Antonio Brown has gotten very good at where you kind of leverage space to one side and you kind of turn into a post or a go route, basically verts that, you know, verticals have become just, it's not just a go route anymore in the NFL. Verticals have become a completely creative thing that receivers improvise with. He's going to struggle with that, even if you make him a good low zone slash man press corner. Um, so the value of him as a corner the next level is not as high maybe as some of these other guys, and he still needs a little bit of work to get to that point. So that's my issue with him. I got him as an early third-round pick. I think he's interesting. Um, but I might even be saying lose some weight here so you can move a little bit better. Yeah, I'm in kind of the middle of you guys. So he's number seven corner for me, number 51 overall freakish size. Like you guys mentioned, six foot three, only eight corners right now in the entire NFL that are six foot three or taller, uh, 32 inch arms that really help him break up passes. Good athlete. He's reportedly run a four, five 40 before. So six foot three, two 13. That's really good speed. That's about the average speed for a corner. And he's also like four inches taller than the average corner, too. 
Um, smooth hips. I, I do think he's got a pretty decent agility. I think he could turn and run with receivers. Um, he's willing to stick his nose in the run game. He's good in man and zone. Played really well at the Senior Bowl. Um, has the tools to be a press man corner, but he hasn't really played much press. He only had 183 snaps in press coverage in the last two years. Um, below average tackler, too. He missed 14% of his career attempts. Six penalties this year after only two last year. He can get kind of handsy. Um, again, freakish, freakish tools. He just needs to learn how to use them. He'll be bigger than most corners in the league. He just needs to learn how to play like he's one of the biggest corners in the league. Um, so number eight now, Tyson Campbell from Georgia, number 53 on the big board. Tate, what do you think about him? Uh, yeah, we're going on from one tall zone corner to another tall zone corner. Tyson Campbell, 6'2", 185. Very good tackler. He only missed six tackles in three years. Um, very strong athlete, I think. He's got a lot of length, uh, good speed, can turn and run with wide receivers pretty easily despite being larger, something I, I think I have questions on with Iffy. Um, part of that, fluid hips. Um, I think he's a higher ceiling than some of these other guys. I don't think he's all the way there. I don't think he's all the way refined as a prospect. Um, also, PJ, say it with me, uh, pedigree. I agree. Former five-star recruit. Um, issue with Tyson Campbell, man, he was bad this year. Um, at one point this year, we had Georgia fan in our replies on Twitter. <laughs> we did, we did have that one tweet where people Just, were not happy. <laughs> people, the Georgia fans were unhappy with Tyson Campbell in one tweet we sent out. He gave up five touchdowns on 30 catches this year. Um, lack of ball skills, I think, is the issue. Maybe a uh, footwork and awareness at the catch point, you know, letting him down. Not a lot of pass breakups and interceptions to his name. Uh, so he just hasn't made the jump to the next level. But in terms of, you know, ceiling, there is room to grow for Tyson Campbell. Uh, so we're recording this right after Georgia Pro Day. And Tyson ran uh, in, in the 4-4 range-ish. Uh, DJ, I think, had him at a, a 4-3-7 he got from a scout. Um, listen, I'll take that if I'm Tyson Campbell. It's better than I thought he was going to do. Uh, Tate kind of hit it there at the end, though. Not the best year to go off of. I, I think this is a guy that had a little bit of first-round hype, especially early on in the season, and then slowly and slowly got exposed the more we saw of him. And, you know, Georgia kind of even was not as good as we thought they were going to be as a defensive unit. But pedigree, he's got the prototypical frame size. He's under 200 pounds. He's 6'2". He's got the length. I think he's a good man corner that might benefit more playing zone in the NFL, which is kind of weird. Um, but he has shown the ability to play man coverage in the SEC and do it well. I just think he would be better as a playmaker and a little more off, a little more relaxed. You don't have to go up and press somebody at the line of scrimmage. I would like to see him in his own scheme, but he is fully capable of playing man. I think it's a high ceiling, but just this year was not good. I don't think this is what he wanted to go on to the next level, but I'll take the four three seven if that's actually what happened today too. So Tyson Campbell is the type of guy where got people who argue about the correlation between athleticism and good corner play. It comes out with a guy like Tyson Campbell and pushes them higher on their draft board. Uh, Caleb Farley is the one guy I would put ahead of Campbell in terms of the size and speed combination that he possesses in this draft. I'm a little surprised by that four forty four four time. I actually didn't actually hear about that until PJ just told me. I don't personally believe that that translates to him playing on the field. I think he definitely has 4-3 speed when he's actually playing and could be even faster than that. I think he's definitely one of the fastest players on the field at a given time. Um, that being said, he struggled against vertical threats this year. Uh, Josh Palmer from Tennessee really gave him some issue. He had a bad game against mm -hmm. Alabama. Jalen Waddle torched him. Um, 
it was a couple of games. Well, Jalen Waddle torches everybody. Yeah, so I mean, it's just true, you know, which is fair. But, you know, there were a couple games this year for him that were really not good. And he's still overall graded out okay um, in terms of a coverage grade for PFF. He's, you know, he's got some work to do. And I think he's going to be best in a zone defense. Georgia was doing a lot of weird stuff this year with man and zone combinations and didn't really make a lot of sense. He has the speed to make up distance. He likes to play through the quarterback, keep things in front of him where I want him on the outside kind of playing kind of one zone, but he might cheat one way or the other to try and bait the the quarterback to make one play. Um, He's a very patient corner. I think he's a smart player, anticipates well. I like him as a run defender as well. There are athletic plays on his tape that other corners can't make, but he struggles at the catch point and needs to work on that, especially when it comes to the deep ball. Yeah, he's the number eight corner for me, number 52 overall. Great length. You guys mentioned six foot two. Great movement skills. Can change directions really well for a corner. Uh, really good speed. PJ mentioned he ran a 437, according to Daniel Jeremiah today at his pro day. Um, also in high school, he ran a 10.39 100-meter dash. Just for reference, the Olympic qualifying time in 2020, 10.05. So this guy was like three-tenths of a second away from Olympic qualifying time. So he's fast. Uh, one of the best tacklers. Only missed 8% of his career attempts, like Tate said. Man or zone scheme, I think he can work in. So he's three inches taller than the average corner, but he's eight pounds lighter. Needs to add a little bit of weight. Um, only had five pass breakups in 2020. Allowed five touchdowns. Only one interception and 10 passes, pass breakups in his career. Not great ball skills. Alabama, Nick, you hit on it. They torched him. I mean, he allowed 162 yards, a touchdown, and a 143.8 passer rating when targeted. Not a very instinctive player. He reacts too late a lot. Uh, he missed five games with a foot injury last year. Something to keep an eye on. Look, he's got all the tools to succeed. He just needs to work on the mental side of the game and trust his eyes. He needs a lot of coaching, I think, to reach his potential, but he's got really, really good potential. Um, So number seven, his teammate, Eric Stokes from Georgia, number 52 on the big board, literally right above Tyson Campbell. Nick, what do you think about him? Here's the guy that moved up my board when I started watching him. I liked a lot of what I saw from Eric Stokes. Ran in the four twos. Uh, That time might be... Not perfect. Looks like it came out as a 424 initially, then they re-reported as a 428. Um, I'm going to assume the 428 one is right. I think he does have lightning speed. It shows up on tape. Um, he played mostly zone in Georgia's scheme, but he excels at jumping routes. Very aggressive attacking the ball. Was kind of a ball hawk this past year. Had four interceptions, and a lot of them were like really good plays. It wasn't just like right place, right time. It was him getting in front of receivers and picking the ball off. Um, I think he uses his, his speed well to make up space. He's got a lot of these Georgia corners. They do a really good job of kind of playing in between zones and using their speed to make up uh, whatever distance they have between them and the receiver. I think he's better than Campbell at defending deep, which makes him a little higher on my board for me. I got him as an earlier second-round pick. Campbell's a later second-round pick. Um, he mirrors well once he mans up out of a low zone. Good run defender. I think he could work well in the slot as well. I think you could move him in and out. They haven't done a ton of that. They did a little bit of it at Georgia. I'd like to see it more at the NFL level. Um, I'm a little worried about his size. He looks a little small on tape. It doesn't look like, in terms of measurables, he is that small. But, you know, sometimes the look is just, I don't know, sometimes looks are deceiving. Uh, he is a guy that I think any defense can use just because I believe he's versatile enough to play man, to play zone, to play slot, to play outside. And the speed, once again, always translates to this position. A uh, valuable guy that I think probably might not go early in the second, but I would take him there. 
Uh, yeah. So just just to to double down, I gave you Campbell's time. Stokes ran an unofficial four two five today. Uh, that was the the report. So getting getting a, a little bit, you know, whatever he ran at the Exos Combine was at, at least backed up today. Um, I think he's kind of moved up for everybody since we realized, like, oh, if you're running in the mid four twos. Uh, at six one one eighty five, you know, you, you got to be moving up at least a little bit. Um, to me, I I don't really think it's it's terribly close between Campbell and Stokes. I'm I'm also Team Stokes. Um, I I think he has a little bit of a weird technique. Um, he gets kind of like hunched over a little bit. He bends like a lot, especially when he's trying to press guys at the line of scrimmage, but he is fast enough to recover from that. So if you clean up his technique, I think he's scheme versatile man zone. I I feel confident in in his ability to do whichever. Um, but I just think, I, I mean, the number is whatever he's going to run in the 40. If you're, he's now run in the mid four twos multiple times. So we can probably safely assume he's at least around there. He got better this year at, at getting to the ball and creating turnovers Four interceptions this year after not having one in the first two years, scheme versatile, you got to clean up the technique. I would like to see him with a good defensive back room, especially early on, but this is a guy, you know, should be a slam dunk second round pick for me. Yeah, I Echoing a lot of what Nick and PJ said, I'm Team Stokes over Campbell. I think an excellent second-round pick. Um, add on some things maybe everybody hasn't mentioned. He's a good tackler, only four missed tackles the last two years. Um, special teams ability, either as a gunner on punt coverage or field goal block off the edge. It's all there for him. Um, that 40 time is just ridiculous, uh, rivaling John Ross's uh, combine best. Uh, the interception versus Florida was very impressive to me this year. He kind of had his wide receiver locked up and then noticed uh, Kadarius Tony coming off his left shoulder. So he kind of slid over, read the quarterback size, picked it off, and then returned it for a touchdown, showing off the speed. Um, I think he also mentioned in a video I saw he's a running back in high school, so he's kind of using that, like, you know, hit the holes, find the holes guy. Um, my issues with Stokes, he's a little handsy. I think he gets away with a lot in college. Uh, penalties could be an issue in the NFL. Maybe first couple of years, got to clean it up. Um, and maybe he's just a below average run defender, but good tackler, really fast. I think he's good in coverage. I think down the road, he could be a number one corner. Yeah, I, I like Stokes a lot too. Number six corner for me, number 46 overall. Good size, six foot one. He actually beefed up to 196 before the pro. So he played at 185. He's at 196 now, and he still runs in the four twos, even at 196. Also, he had a 41 inch vertical, which is five inches higher than the average. 11 foot broad jump which is 11 inches longer than the average for a quarter so really explosive player played a lot of press coverage in georgia he had 400 snaps in press in the last two years able to use his length to bother guys at the line has the speed to stay with him like his teammate campbell he's a really really good tackler only missed six percent of his attempts in his career uh started all three years at georgia very solid all three years he allowed a 62.6 pass rating when targeting his career great athlete I don't know if he's that agile, though. He kind of struggles changing directions, I saw on tape. Um, he played at 185. You know, he, he's shown he can still run at 196, but we haven't seen him play at 196 yet. Um, but press coverage at 185 will not work too well in the NFL. Can be a little grabby. I agree with Tate. Um, there's no illegal contact penalty in college, and that there is in the NFL, so he could get called for a lot of that. Um, and I think you want him in a man scheme, not a zone scheme. Like Campbell. Great size, great athleticism, is a sure tackler. But unlike Campbell, Stokes, I think, has proven in coverage. Um, he should start on the outside in a man scheme. So number six now, Elijah Molden from Washington, number 50 on the big board. PJ, what do you think about him? Um, 
so there's been a lot of versatility talk. I think Elijah Molden is kind of the the pinnacle of that here in that um, he's might be a safety. I mean, this is just like the the Nick shrug played safety this year, um, but he's a slot corner safety. Uh, honestly, who he reminds me of, and this is you know at, at least it's a little more draft relevant because it was only last year. But this is the Jets cop. I think he's Ashton Davisy. Like if you wanted to play him at safety at either safety position, he's going to be fine. If you wanted to play him at slot corner, he's going to be fine. Um, this is just like a, a guy who was a dominant slot cornerback and, and was like outstanding. Yeah, in the Pac-12, like it is what it is. But especially last year in 2019, dominant as a slot corner and then got converted to safety this year and was good again. So you're you're just dealing with, this is a defensive weapon, much like a Jeremiah Usukoromoa, like throw him out there and do whatever you want with him and it should work within reason. He's, he's a willing tackler. He makes plays in the run game, but he's just, he knows what he's doing in the slot. He knows what he's doing on the back end Whatever position you want to try him at is fine. I think the versatility and not having a defined role might push him down the board. I, I know like he's CB9 for me right now, but a second round grade still. But if you're drafting a guy with, I don't know what he is immediately, that might be not a, a guy you want to spend a second round pick on. I would understand that. But I think the versatility outweighs the questions about what exactly does he do. He's a little undersized, but he has shown that he can play slot free and strong safety with no problems. And I think that's really valuable. Uh, yeah, I don't have really any questions about what he is in the NFL. Uh, if you need a slot corner, Elijah Molden should be your guy. Uh, he is an excellent slot corner. He did play safety the last two games of this year and looked good. Um, so if you want to use him as kind of a versatile piece, you could, uh, but again, I think if you need a slot corner, he's mainly a slot corner. He's going to be a good slot corner. Um, the intangibles, I think they're all there. Awareness, football IQ, recognition, processing speed. For me, when you watch the tape, it's all there. Um, everything I've read about him seems to indicate a higher character guy, you know, which we like. Uh, also, pedigree. Dad was an NFL corner. Uh, trial by fire this year. He was thrown at every five coverage snaps, gave a reception every eight, which is number one of the guys we're talking about in this uh, video, but he only allowed every uh, 5.9 yards per reception, which was number one in this class by four yards. So it, the, the numbers are there. I think the intangibles are there. I think he might be limited to slot corner, which hurts him. He's not an outside cornerback. Um, the tangibles, side speed length, you know, maybe he's undersized. You could play him at safety if you want. Gets, eats up, gets eaten up on blocks sometimes. But I mean, if you need a slot corner, I'm all in on molding. So... I believe he is also a slot corner. He did play a lot of too high, um, but I he excels in that slot corner role, whether it be zone or man. He really plays well within structure. Um, I don't think he's a great tackler. He likes to get involved in the box. I think he's a little kind of smaller, and although he likes to get aggressive and shoot up field, he gets pushed around when he does that. He excels, again, match him up with a receiver, put him in a slot, get him with a guy to mirror intricate routes, and he's the best in the draft, I think, at purely just being a slot cover guy. Um, I, it's hard to describe him as a player because he isn't really ball hockey. He's not really physical. He's He can run. Like, he is fast, and he's got good footwork. But I wouldn't say he's the most athletic guy out there. He's smart. He anticipates well. He does all the little things with it. Somebody, and I guarantee you, if you put him in the right system with a good coach, again, another one of these, it's kind of similar with Aaron Robinson, another slot guy like this. Get him in the right system. Give him a coach that tells him to do the right things. 
he will be excellent. So I'm pounding the table for 51, Washington. Go ahead and get this guy, because if we can line up Jackson, Molden, Fuller, and then just have Borland as an extra guy, like, no one's scoring on us. So let's get Molden and put him in the slot. Plug him in. Miami will be another team. Again, needs a slot corner. Good defensive coach. Make it work. Yeah, he's the number nine corner for me, 54 overall. Tay said, this is the slot corner. This is it. Like, he's the best slot corner, hands down, in this class. Absolutely dominant in the slot. Nick, you hit on it. He's so smart, so instinctive. He had five interceptions and 13 pass breakups in the last year and a half, really. Um, Really good in the run game. He sticks his nose in there and competes. He had six and a half tackles for loss in 2019 and 2020. Really, really good in zone coverage. Good frame, too. He's only 5'10", but it's 190 pounds. Um, played a little safety before. Slot only, though. He cannot play outside. Doesn't have great athleticism. He's an okay tackler. Only missed, He missed 15% of his career attempts. I don't think he's that great in man coverage. I think he's a lot better in zone. Um, his value is a little capped because he's not an outside corner. But he's a sure thing, I think, as they come in the slot. So it's very much worth a second round pick. Uh, so number five now, another Pac-12 guy, Paulson Adebo from Stanford, number 40 on our big board. Tate, what do you think about him? Um, I'm surprised we remember this guy. Uh, best production was three years ago. Um, uh, was okay 2019, opted out of 2020. Uh, the thing with the Debo man, ball skills, uh, 27 pass defended in two years, 19 in 2018 alone. Absolute beast in contested catches. A lot's that to do with uh, a lot of his traits. He's got great length. Um, you know, if he's if he is in a contested catches situation and he is like on your back, it's over. He's just so long. Um, but I don't know. 25 missed tackles in two years. Best production was three years ago. Like I said, bites on double moves a lot. Uh, just torched in the UCF game. Just a horrible rep. Uh, trickier the routes you throw at him. I think he struggles, which doesn't, I think, bode well for the NFL. I don't think he's a very good run defender. I, I don't know. I'm kind of out on the Debo train. Uh, I'm not out. Like, I think he's a, a very, like, loose, fluid athlete at, at his size. He's another big, blanky boy, 6'1". Um, but, I, I mean, I get it. Again, didn't see him this year, so that kind of pushes him down the list to everybody else. But um, there is an innate ball skill ability here that like it's undeniable and when you get to the point of like causing turnovers just inherently like has value that's what you're look that's the name of the game that we play here on defense it's like you know especially in the past game it's kind of like you can't stop it you can only hope to contain it and the best way to contain it is causing turnovers and he has an innate knack for breaking up passes and interceptions eight interceptions in two years and 27 pass breakups like you'll take that it combine that with the athleticism and the size six one one ninety, but he's like a fluid athlete, good hips. Um, the Northwestern game, the first game for them in, in 2019, two years ago at this point, he was the best player on the field. Like he was all over the place and yet, yeah, you know, Northwestern, ah, whatever, but he was awesome. He was outstanding. He's one of the best games I've watched from a cornerback in this class. It's just a matter of, you know, where does the year off and where does the, I don't know how great he is in actual coverage, but when the ball gets thrown at him, he can get his hand on it, if not intercept it. You're banking on athletic ability and you're banking on ball skills to carry over, which I'm okay with doing, but it's going to push you down the board, especially when you didn't play this year. PJ said it, uh, long and lengthy, fluid athlete. Um, I'm going to call this guy the opposite of Tyson Campbell. It's kind of weird. I like Campbell when he's looking at the QB. I think he does a good job at changing directions and making up space. 
Paulson Adebu, I like looking at the receivers. I like him trailing receivers downfield. I think I like him his ball skills downfield, something that Campbell struggles with a lot. But when it comes to changing direction, I think he really struggles with catching up the curl routes, out routes, things like that, and making plays on those balls. He can make the tackle, but he's often late to those. And I think that kind of, you saw that later on what Tate was just talking about. He tried to, you know, be quicker in terms of cutting onto those type of routes, and that opens you up to being beat on double moves. Um, that being said, good athlete, ball skills, something that a lot of these guys just never learn and don't get it figured out. He's moldable. They played some zone. They played some man at Stanford. He's inconsistent, but wherever he goes, if you can figure out a way to take what he's good at and fit into your system, I think he could play any style of corner play, uh, which does give him some value, and I like him at the back end of round two. Yeah, he's the number five corner for me, number 36 overall. I love Paulson Adebo. Good length. He bothers receivers with his wingspan and press coverage. Uh, he played receiver in high school, and you can absolutely tell. You Like you guys mentioned, he's got the best ball skills in this draft. He had a one-handed diving interception against Cal that was unbelievable. That was um, sick. It was unbelievable. Doesn't just have great ball skills, though. He's been really good in coverage throughout his career, allowed only a 63.8 passer rating when targeted, and had only four penalties in his career. But like you guys mentioned, not a very good run defender, not a very good tackler. He missed 20% of his career attempts. Uh, I think he probably want to put him in his zone scheme. Not as good, I don't think, in man coverage. He's an okay athlete. I don't think he's that great. Um, always looking for the big play. So it's kind of like the Andre Sisco thing, which we'll get into in a future video. A little tease there. Um, but he's always he's a little jumpy, and, and he can miss on double moves because he's always looking to make that you know interception or big pass breakup. So you can't beat him on double moves. Opted out this year after taking a slight step back in 2019. He might not work in every scheme, but Adebo is going to make a lot of plays on the football. His ball skills are extremely valuable. So number four now, a guy we did a video on, J.C. Horn from South Carolina, number 24 on the big board. PJ, what do you think about him? This is ridiculous, actually. This is like this is actually mind-numbingly stupid how this guy is CB4. Thank you, Tate. Um, I just like I don't. I don't get it. I mean, this guy, uh, again, I said it in our J.C. Horton scouting report, and it, what, that was a month and a half ago at this point, if not longer. Still my bet to be the first corner off the board. Uh, he's CB2 for me, and I think the gap between him and Sertan is shrinking by the day, the way this is going. Uh, just physical, physical, like, mean. I said it, just asshole man corner. Just is going to get in your face and is going is going to be penalized and is going to be penalized for taunting and it's going to be penalized for holding. But this is a guy, the ball skills came around this year. First got his first interceptions. But I mentioned the Adebo game against Northwestern is one of the best games that I've seen a cornerback play from this class. J.C. Horn versus Auburn was a clinic, an absolute clinic. Seth Williams. Yeah, I, I think I literally think that that game, that single game, is the best tape of any prospect in this entire class has in one game. I just an absolute clinic. Again, my bet for the first cornerback off the board, top fifteen, CB two for me. A joke, a joke that he is CB four on this list, an absolute joke. Pedigree, pedigree, pedigree. Yes. Shout out Joe. Shout out, Joe. Joe go, Moore, take, go take the cell phone out from underneath the goalpost and call somebody to take your kid in the top floor. Thank you. So when you say your best bet to be the first corner for board, you mean like in terms of Vegas value or as in like yes, I, if I had okay. odds right. on who I'm betting, I think Jason Horn is the first corner off the board. He is not CP1 for me. I would take Sertan over him. I think the smart money should be on JC Horn to be the first okay. corner. All right. Fair. 
Uh, so number three, the guy above him, another NFL father, NFL legend father, Asante Samuel Jr. from Florida State, right above J.C. Horn, number 23 on the big board. Tate, what do you think about him? Uh, I don't know, Max. That's that's the answer. Um, ball skills, 18 pass breakups in two years. We like that. Uh, man coverage skills, I think in terms of mirroring and like change of direction and just like hips and footwork. Uh, the backpedal, like he just loves backpedaling and then breaking on the ball. And he's all very good at all of that. Uh, there's a clear instinct and knack for the ball, like I mentioned, with all the pass breakups, the uh, pedigree, um, dad, Hall of Fame cornerback. Uh, it's just, you know, a lot of the picks were just horrendous throws, a little bit of right place, right time. So, you know, you can't just look at the box score. Um, the size and the strength is the real concern right now with Asante. It, bigger wide receivers are just going to be a total mismatch for him. He's going to get locked up on blocks. You saw it in like the North Carolina game when they just were running at him um, and he couldn't get off a Dayami Brown block to save his life. Uh, 11 penalties in three years, which in college is like Jen, not great. Um, going translating to the NFL was also going to be Jen, not great. And he mainly played man coverage. I think he has the ability to play zone, breaking on the ball, kind of playing off ball. But, I mean, the learning curve for Asante Samuel might be larger than I previously thought. Um, but I don't know. I mean, I think he could be good. I think he has the traits to be good. I just I can't say for sure that he is definitely going to be good. Um, okay, so I'm not, I'm not going that far. But I agree with you that there's no reason he should be above J.C. Horn on this list. I think he is <laughs> your your. I mean, you don't agree with that, considering you are the reason he is above J.C. Horn. So on hold, on, list. hold on, hold on. The updated no, board update. people the haven't updated. seen. Uh, I just like J.C. Horn is now my CV two. Wanted on the record. I think Asante Samuel, Ifimel Fanwu, and the the guy that we haven't even talked about in this video for some mind numbing reason, Greg Newsom, who if you want to hit the card, uh, I did my little rant on you know two two weeks ago when we did Big Board 2.0 is my best player not on it. I think those three are the the borderline round one, early round two guys for for me at least, like the top forty five. Um, if somebody wanted to take Asante Samuel in the back half of one. Okay, sure, go for it. Late twenties, I'm not like against it. Um, I think he is. So the the question is, is he slot only? My answer is yes. That's where I think he would be better. Uh, I know Max certainly disagrees with that, but I think he's good. And it's not like he doesn't have slot experience, which I think is going to help him if that is where somebody wants to pigeonhole him at the next level. I think he's fine enough for outside. It's just, you know, 5'10". He looks so small on tape. It's like, are we really sure this guy can play outside at the next level? But in his defense, played it almost pretty much exclusively outside this year and had his best year. Tate said it, another guy with maybe not Paulson and Debo level ability, just ball skills. But gets to the ball, is a nosy guy. Like, his dad is who his dad is. He knows what he's doing, right? And he's been well-coached his whole life, and there's no reason to, to think his technique won't be flawless even in the NFL. Um, I think he's probably given you nothing in the run game because he's so small no matter what. He just gets thrown around. But, you know, it, it's kind of like the, oh, is Rayshon Slater a, a guard or a tackle? Like, are you pigeonholing Asante Samuel into slot where I think he might be better but the question is, is he capable of playing outside? To me, I'm I'm not sure the answer is necessarily yes. 
Yeah, so there's some size concerns, and the team could try to play him the slot. I think he's going to be best on the outside. I kind of disagree with you with the run game thing. I think he's kind of a force because he's very physical for his size. Like, it's not for a lack of trying, and the guy is strong. Oh, no, he tries. High motor. Like, very high motor. Just because you're small doesn't mean that's not going to work at the NFL level. Like, your size isn't necessarily distinctive to, like, how strong you are and, and, you know, how athletic you are. It really is, like, I think some people get into this thinking, and it's just not necessarily true. You get these guys who are trying to think of an example off the top of my head, but sometimes you get big guys who are just not really, you know, if they can, I mean, I'm not going to throw Iffy around again, but, you know, I think Iffy is strong at the catch point, but he's not a guy who can change direction, and that comes down to lower body strength, you know? So... Uh, Asante Samuel goes the other way with that. I think he's really fluid. I think he does. A, he's really plays low, smooth cutting, changing direction, kind of a jitterbug. He honestly moves more than he needs to a lot of the times, which, you know, in a weird way can kind of throw quarterbacks off. Uh, he is definitely a zone corner, plays a lot of off coverage. Um, uh, but he's just very active, plays with a lot of energy, plays above his size, physical, does it work at the next level? Can he be more of a ball hawk? I think we saw more of that this year. Um, kind of what his father was at the NFL level, so it's it's interesting to see if he develops there. Um, I don't think he's the fastest guy, though. That would be my concern with drafting a guy like this very high. Um, somebody's going to, though. I think he's a late first-round pick, a CB4 for me, certainly. I kind of have a gap between him and the next one. Um, pedigree, we talked about it. Uh, and he was a guy who was kind of a standout on a defense and a team in general that just Florida State is crumbling. So, you know, good for him playing well there. Yeah, he's CB3 for me, number 23 overall. He got his dad's instincts, man. Made some outstanding reads, breaks on the ball, change of direction. I agree with Nick. Top-notch. Never loses his balance. Can flip his hips quickly. Great ball skills, too. Four picks and 20 pass breakups in two years. Good run defender. Um, He's very willing to stick his nose in. Made a really nice tackle for loss against A.J. Dillon uh, a couple years ago, even though Dillon is two inches taller and 66 pounds heavier. Than Asante Samuel Jr. This guy, he's got great motor. Um, undersized, though. 5'10", 184. There's questions about whether or not he could hold up on the outside or be forced into the slot. He's an okay tackler, too. He missed 15% of his attempts in his career. He might not be for everyone because of his size, but I think he can hold up on the outside. Even if he had to move into the slot, he's got the foot speed and is a good enough run defender to, I think, be really, really good in the slot. So, number two now. A guy we did a video on, too. Caleb Farley from Virginia Tech, number 13 on the big board. Tate, what do you think about him? Uh, the big things, size, speed, athleticism, 2019 production. And you're looking at Caleb Farley as a prospect. That's what you're looking at. He's 6'2", but he's just so, so quick, and he's such a good athlete. Former wide receiver, you see it on tape. Uh, and just the 2019 was just unreal. Like, I, I think the passer rating on PFF was like 36, 35. Or something. It was so something insane um basically it would be better if you spike the ball every time than throw it at caleb farley in 2019 which is a stupid stat but the cons he opted out in 2020 and he's a converted wide receiver like i mentioned so it's not what you really want to see he's still raw um needs development you're gonna need some time you know he's gonna make some bad plays um you're just gonna have to live with some rough roughness around the edges initially uh because he's a converted defender it's 21 missed tackles in two years kind of a similar with chess right you're not he's not a perfect tackler yet um and he was just average uh in 2018 and then just took off in 2019 and then opted out so you're kind of banking on him figuring it out uh as a prospect and capitalizing on the ceiling which is very 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 high but the floor is just also very very low 
Yeah, he's the only corner in our top four or two that didn't have like an NFL great father. So that's pretty interesting. So no Shocking. pedigree for Caleb Farley, no unfortunately. Pedigree. Uh, I just want to say Joe Horn was a wide receiver. That's all I'm saying. The other two had corners. That's all I'm saying. All, the other two had all pro corners. Yep. Joe Horn was a wide receiver. Including Patrick Sertan, the second from Alabama. He checks Transition, in folks. Number eight on the big board. Nick, what do you think about PS2? Uh, pedigree. Uh, you know, we we just talked about it. Uh, improved as a tackler this year. Experienced. Played multiple years at Alabama, played against NFL receivers. Shadows move as well. He's a very efficient player, plays in calm, plays in control, brilliant at keeping everything in front of him, disciplined player. All these things I talked about in the video, honestly, I'm just repeating myself. He, to me, right now is CB1. I go back and forth between him and Caleb Farley, uh, mostly because I think Sertan is somewhat limited as an athlete. He's going to run in the four fives, it looks like. Um, ball skills are fine. I think he tracks well. His hands could improve. Played a lot of man and and kind of press Alabama doesn't really play like full-on press but they like to get as close to receivers as possible um and although his measurables as an athlete aren't great I think it does sometimes pop out on tape that he has the instincts to be a starting corner in the NFL level uh high floor guy basically this is the dude that you take to plug in day one and, and it's unlikely although we said I kind of said this last year about Jeff Okuda it's unlikely that you're going to be in a situation with Pat Sertan where he's going to be terrible year one unless you put him in a situation like in Detroit where there's no other good players in that defense and your defensive coordinator is Matt Patricia. So, you know, comes back to it again. I, and I, I know I keep nailing this on the head over and over again, but really a lot of where defenses are trending right now is defensive coaching just matters so much because it's all read and react type stuff. You're playing catch up on defense. And if you don't have the, you know, the right, you know, process and, you know, idea for what, if this happens, I need to do this, or if this happens, I need to do this, then you're just lost. Um, so all of these guys in, in the wrong defense or the wrong coach could honestly be problems for the defenses that they get drafted to in the next level. So this is just one of those positions that's really tough to scout. And we're saying that Sertan is most likely to fit into most systems and be that high floor guy who doesn't ruin you defensively. And also, I'm just going to add on here, like he's a three-year starter at Alabama and yeah. he's only 20. Yeah, he has played yeah. a thousand more snaps overall than the next dude closest on this list. And just in terms of pass coverage snaps, he's played more pass coverage snaps in college than a lot of the dudes we talked about in this video did overall. Like the yeah. experience that this guy has at this three year start at Alabama and he's only 20. Like yeah. that's just insane. Yeah, I don't think it's a conversation too much with with CB1. I love Pastor Tan. Uh, also, he was high school teammates with Tyson Campbell at uh, in yeah, Florida. Good luck with is... that. Five Holy years. crap, man. That is Congrats. unbelievable. Two of our top 10 corners. Uh, Shout so out American Heritage. American Heritage, man. Holy crap. Uh, so that's our top 10 corners for in the 2021 NFL Draft. Of course, be sure to follow our Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, at Boom or Bust Draft. Please subscribe to the channel, like the video, comment any questions you have for our mailbag, and go to manscaped.com and use the promo code Boom or Bust. That go is back to the ad bust. read. Watch it again. Do it again. I'm my shirt right now, too, as we're, as we're talking there you about go. But, uh, Yeah, Boomer Bust, um, all caps, no spaces, 20% off your purchase, and free shipping at manscaped.com. So for PJ Clark, Tate Sigworth, and Nick Miriam, I'm Max Shadwick. Have a great night.